Yo, good morning. It is 9-16. It is Friday, October 8th. Y'all, my birthday is two weeks around the corner. I am so excited. I am off work today. I am super excited about that as well. I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to record a podcast today. She's like, aren't you off work? And I was like, yeah, but I don't know, y'all. I'm just different. When I'm off work, I like to do stuff that I enjoy. I still like being productive. So it's like I get my rest from doing stuff that I enjoy. It's it's different, but I wanted to come and, and do something different. I wanted to come to you guys today and do a movie review. A movie review. So I am a huge movie fan, a huge movie buff. Growing up, I told myself I actually wanted to go into acting. Um, That didn't materialize. Maybe it'll happen one day. Who knows? If if you go to my home where I grew up, it still has um, movie reels. There's movie reels. Like the wallpaper has a movie theme, has old Hollywood stuff. I even went to school at UNC Greensboro for media studies, media production, so film and movies has always been on my heart. With that being said, last night I saw No Time to Die. No Time to Die is the fifth and final installment with Daniel Craig playing James Bond. It was um, very bittersweet. I have watched James Bond since the Sean Connery days, which I believe goes back to the 1960s. Um, Noah, my brother, and I, we used to watch the James Bond movies together from Russia with Love, Dr. No, all that good stuff. And yesterday, Thursday night, I decided to go see No Time to Die. Warning, uh, before I get into the crux of the movie, this is a spoiler alert. I will be talking about the movie. I will be talking about what happens in it. So if you have not seen it, please do not listen to this podcast if you don't want to get your feelings hurt. And Charlie is trying to get on my lap, so I will oblige him or kick him out of the room, one of the two. So um, we could just dive right into the movie. So No Time to Die kicks off um, with James Bond, James Bond and his, his lady, his new lady, and I cannot think of her name. I'm so sorry. I cannot think of her name. It was so late. But they are in Italy, and they are on vacation, just hanging out, and they're having a good time together, and James, oh, actually, no, 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 let me go back, sorry, y'all, I'm skipping steps. So the opening scene of the movie, opening scene of the movie is, you see this young girl, and there is this and I, y'all, I just love movies and storytelling. It's so dope. So the opening scene of the movie is this house. It's on the lake. And there's this person in the distance. And you see this girl talking to her mom. And she's having a conversation with her mom. And she's like, Mom, you know, is dad going to come home soon? And she's like, do you know what your father does for a living? And she's like, he's a doctor. He heals people. And the mom is speaking mom is speaking French and is like, no, girl, like your dad kills people. And she's like, no. And you see this guy coming towards the place and the mom is, you know, off drugs. She's drinking. She's kind of oblivious to what's going on. But the girl is is super aware. So you see this guy with a a mask, this kind of vintage um, doll face mask coming towards the house. And he looks real suspicious. And the girl is onto it. She's aware. So you see the guy come in and he just sticks his face 
in the window where they are, bam, and the girl is super alert to it. And this is what I love about James Bond movies and action, psychological thriller. They cut to the chase. I don't mind dialogue. I recognize that film has a wide purview of different kind of movies, but the movie started right off with action. So you see this young girl, the mom is out off the stuff over to the side, but this young girl is fighting for her life, running from this guy. And the house is this cottage on the lake, but you can tell that whoever this young woman's um, father was, the house was very well technologically designed to be a, a safe, secure infrastructure because whatever kind of life the father lived, it's like he knew people would be after him. So this girl is running from this guy, panic room. She finds the panic room. She gets in there. But the guy is already the, the villain or whoever we assume, the antagonist is already the back part of the house. And there was an earlier scene in the opening of the movie where she went underneath the sink and we see that there's a gun. So in this part where she's running from the guy, it flashes back to under the sink and the gun is gone. Right? And um, she runs upstairs, she hides under the bed. And you know, this is a, a common scene that we see in movies whenever we see a shooter situation, somebody hiding from a shooter, you know, they're under the bed, the camera will pan to the person under the bed. Um, and then we'll see in the distance, we'll see like the shoes of the person and they'll be facing away like they've scanned the area, they'll be facing away and then they start to leave. And so the girl has a toy that starts to ring on the bed. And I, I just love movies so much how they borrow from each other. So the toy starts to ring, kind of sets off like, hey, there's still somebody in here. And so the guy is like, oh, shoot, there's still somebody in here. So we know that, that you know, it's building the tension, you know, the rising action, the climax part is coming. So the guy knows somebody's in here. He's got his his loaded AR weapon. And by the way, he's already scanned the house. I'm skipping steps, y'all. I'm going in. I'm, I feel like I'm preaching here. He's already killed the mom in a prior scene. So the girl actually saw her mom get killed. And he said something to her like, I know that your husband killed my dad, um, da, 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 wasted her, killed her right there on the spot. So the mom is taken care of and the girl got to see her mom die. Super tragic, super sad. So back to where I was before, we see the climax building, her toy rings. The bad guy knows, old boy knows that, hey, old girl is under the bed. Something's about to go down. So... The girl, um, you can tell she's super instinctive. She has the gun on her, so it raises up. The guy raises his automatic weapon. She's got her pistol. She was super automatic fire. Rifles off, pop, 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 like six or seven shots in the dude. Dude flies down off the top of the thing, bam, to the bottom of the floor, and we assume old boy is dead. Hope I'm doing a good job painting the picture. I feel like I'm going a million miles a minute. So she's dragging this guy's body out and we, we assume she's dead. So she's carrying the weight of, she just watched her father die. She just watched her mother die. We don't know where her dad is and she just killed somebody. So we're dealing with the trauma of all these things going on, which it's obviously a fictional movie, but you know, it's still telling a story. So we're dealing with the weight of these events. So she's in a country, it's cold. She's dragging the body out, has her coat on. So she's dragging this guy's body outside and whatever. Then all of a sudden, we see this, this individual, his mask is, is shattered. The bottom half of his mask is shattered, shattered, revealing his face. And we see um, this person starts to take in deep breaths like they're still alive. So the young girl, as many of us, uh, as many of us would, if we thought we had just killed somebody and they're still alive, we're like, oh, shoot, I'm out of here. 
she starts to run into the distance. The only problem is she starts to realize that um, after a while running in the distance, she's running on ice. And as she's running on ice, this ice starts to crack. And she starts to go under. And the villain starts to go after her. And the villain starts to go after her. And he starts shooting at the ice. So I was a bit confused because she's going under the ice. She's she's trapped. So, and excuse me if you think I'm slow, but I was just processing. I've had a long week. I was just processing. I was like, why is he shooting at her under the ice? Is he just trying to kill her quickly? She's going to die because she's in really cold water. But he was trying to break through the ice to save her. So... He goes after her, breaks through the ice, pulls her out. So it does a jump cut from this scene to the present time where we see this woman, this young lady when she was young. And now she's a woman. And now we see that this person is James Bond's girlfriend present day. So we see James Bond. He's not in action. He's on vacation with this this woman, now an older woman. It's his girlfriend. They're on vacation in Italy. Just hanging out and having a good time. And I am I feel like I'm just taking a lot of time. We're nine minutes in, so I'm going to do a little fast forward. So they're in Italy. And they're in Italy visiting her mom's grave site. And they're having a good old time, whatever, you know. In love, got the nice hotel thing. And when they get to Italy, you see um, people burning things and... You know, people burning paper in midair and it seems kind of dangerous. It reminds you of when you're a kid and you just light stuff on fire for fun. You see people just burning stuff, whatever. And James Bond asked the concierge who's taking their bags up. He's like, what's the significance of all this? And he says um, the whole principle of the festival or the theme of what's going on in the town is that we're burning things because as we're burning things, we, we not only burn them, but we throw them because it's a symbolization. It's a symbolization of old things are behind us. Y'all catch, y'all catch, y'all see what's going on here, right? Okay, I loved it too. It was great. Anyway, so um, the next day we see James go and pay his respects to um, her mother at the gravesite. Um, her mother, or what it appears to be her mother, and, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, and I know somebody will, but I, I believe it's her mother's gravesite, and he goes and. There's this this guy at the graveside, and nothing really seems to be going. There's this guy, and there's this young young person, and then out of nowhere, this specter card appears. And for those of you who are not familiar, specter is the terror organization that we saw in the last movie, who James Bond's brother Blofeld was behind. So we see the specter card, and we know. If the specter card is going on and we see that there's some imminent danger. So James looks at the card, then bam, there's an explosion and he goes back. And y'all, I just love this movie so much because there is a lot of dialogue. But there was between in the first 25 minutes of the movie, I think we got more action than dialogue. And I just love this. And from that moment on, we see James panicking. I mean, this dude almost this dude almost died in the first... I thought he was going to die in the first 20 minutes of the film. So we see a bomb blew up in front of him. And we see this kid kind of snickering in the distance. Like the kid set him up. He walked into a trap. And so James gets into this whole high-speed chase. He was on foot for a while. These guys were chasing him in a car. He goes back, gets the girl. He gets the girl. He starts yelling at her. How did they find me here? 
you were behind all this because, you know, James is retired now um, from from MI6, as we know, from watching the last movie. So he's kind of been taking a break, but he still has the ties from his old life following him. He's like, how did they find me here? How did they know? So they leave. Um, they get into the Aston Martin. And this is one of the coolest scenes that I think I've ever seen. James is James is pissed at her the whole time because her phone is ringing and it's it's um, Spectre and it's like an automatic recording from his brother Blofeld. We'll get into that more later on the thing. And he's all the time he's yelling at her, he's like, "You keeping secrets from me?" Da da da, going on and he's pissed, so he's mad. Whatever. And this car chase scene is going on, so they get into a spot in the plaza where they're cornered, and the Aston Martin that James Bond drives is bulletproof. So they are shooting at him. And at one point, there's a guy who's part of the whole um, the whole militia who's got like a fake eye who James has a few encounters with throughout the movie. He gets this automatic gun and they're just peppering the car with bullets. And she's screaming like, James, aren't you going to do something? Aren't you going to do something? And this guy, I, I'm going to miss Daniel Craig so much because just the way he acts in the character. I was talking to somebody on Twitter this morning, like just the level of grit he brought to James Bond because James Bond is usually very campy. It's jokey, but he brought almost like a Jason Bourne level to James Bond where it's very serious. The whole time where he's getting shot at with this bulletproof, with the bulletproof glass in the car, I mean, they're getting shot at from point blank range with automatic stuff. And you you feel the momentum in the scene building because they're just getting shot and shot and shot. And, um, and stuff is going on. They're just getting shot and shot. And you see the glass about to break in. And she's like, James, James, aren't you going to do something? And he's just like so deadpan. He's like, all right, all right. And then, you know, he the whole cool, tough scene, he flips on the car. And the car starts peppering everybody with bullets, starts doing donuts. It's so cool. So anyway, James, you know, long story short, they get out of there. James drops her off. And he he's so cold-blooded. He drops her off. And she's like, is this goodbye? And He's like, yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, yep. And he's like, because you'll never see me again. And bam, um, the iconic James Bond song starts. Shout out to Billie Eilish, who I've just grown to love as an artist. I think she's wonderful. She starts singing. And it flashes to five. It flashes to five years later. Y'all, I'm moving because we're at 15 minutes. It flashes to five minutes, five years later, excuse me. And we see... Um, we see this operation going on. We see this lab being taken over. Coffee break, excuse me. We see this skyscraper building being infiltrated and we don't really know what's going on. We see these guys working together. Uh, we see these guys working together in this lab and we see the phone start to ring. And uh, we don't really know what's going on. And there's a call on the other end. Y'all, I'm telling the movie and then I'm going to get to my opinion, but I'm going to have to hurry up. So we see this call going on. It's Spectre, the terror organization. They recruit this scientist and say, hey, these guys are about to break in the building. They're not going to kill you. They want whatever is on this top floor. Do what they say. We're going to save your life. Bam. So they come in, kill a bunch of his colleagues, save his life, and they keep him. And it's this thing in a suitcase they keep him, whatever, we move on. Then we go to James. We go back to James, and uh, we see that James is now, um, he's on holiday again. He's in Jamaica, and he hooks up with Jeffrey Wright, the great Jeffrey Wright, Westworld, bunch of stuff. 
um, his friend Felix, and this other guy. And they're like, hey, this scientist just got captured. Are you in? Do you want to help us? He's over in Cuba. And he's like, oh, all right. Um, and then, so James is in um, Jamaica, hanging out. He's meeting up with Felix, his friend Felix, and this other guy, um, the other guy, Ash, Dr. Ash in Jamaica. And James doesn't really like Ash. He's like, I don't like this kid. He smiles too much. He's kind of weird, but you don't think anything about it. So James, unbeknownst to him, um, you know, he goes back to his car. His car doesn't work. And there is this this gorgeous uh, woman, this this gorgeous woman who was eyeing him in the club. And she was like, hey, and you need a ride. And they go back to James's little spot on the island because James has a spot in Jamaica. I didn't didn't add it in, but he has a spot in Jamaica that he's been saying that. And you go back and you think they're going to have a little rendezvous. But turns out this person is the new 007. And she's like, double O. And he's like, man, I knew she was an agent. I'm so mad. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I know you're on to this mission. Just stay out of my way. So they're both going to Cuba and they're both after this guy because they both know he's working with Spectre up to some bad stuff. So James is in Cuba, the new 007 agent, who's also a black woman. Awesome. Cool stuff. Um, is in Cuba as well. So James is in Cuba. The new 007 is in Cuba. So they have to go to this party. They're trying to find the scientist, see what he's up to. And this scene was so bizarre, but it was some really cool stuff going on. So James is working with this this um, this La this Latina lady down in Cuba, and she's his help, helping him out, his sidekick for this mission. And she's helping him out. She's working with him. And they get to this party with Spectre agents and they're looking for the guy and they're like, who is he? How can we identify him? What's going on? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden we hear James Bond's brother, Blofeld, who's in a maximum security facility, kind of similar to Joker in Arkham Asylum. He's locked up. We hear him talking and James is like, how is my brother talking to me in real time if he's locked up? He's freaked out and it's saying, James, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you brought me here. And um, everyone give it up for my brother, James Bond. And James is freaking out because it's it's like mental warfare. It's this person who's caused him so much trouble. They, I, I put them in jail. I put them in prison. How are they still able to access me? How are they still here? And out of nowhere, we see the guests at the party start to get this skin condition where boils start to emerge on their face and they start to die. And it starts to only affect certain people. And we're like, what the heck is going on here? It starts to affect certain people. So James and um, and the lady that he's working with, they start to take out a bunch of people and they capture the scientist. She goes about her way. Thanks, James. He was like, thank you. You're, you're not bad. And she'd made a joke. I've only been doing this for three weeks. He's like, oh, wow. Couldn't even tell. So they get the scientist and, you know, 007, the other 007. She was trying to get the scientist as well. Um, but James beat her to the punch. And James um, brought the scientists back to Felix and Dr. Ash on this boat. And he's like, where are you going? And James ended up driving a plane to take him to Dr. Ash and Felix. And he's like, what is going on? How did my brother know? And um, he started to ask the scientists for some answers. So we learn in this scene on the boat that the technology that was affecting people's skin was developed by MI6, who James Bond used to work for. So we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? It was developed by MI6. And then James is like, so how did you know, um, how did Blow, how did Blofeld know how to find me? 
who brought you to me. And we find out in the moment on the boat that not Felix, but the other guy, Dr. Ash, is actually a bad guy. So Dr. Ash, in the heat of the moment, James and Dr. Ash get into a fight. The scientist gets away. And Dr. Ash locks James in the bottom of the boat with Felix after shooting him and takes away the scientist. So now we're in like a life or death thing. They rig the boat with explosives. Scientist gets away. Ash gets away. And we think James, James Bond is in another life or death scenario. Y'all, the movie is called No Time to Die. So we've seen James Bond in, in two near-death scenarios already in less than an hour in the movie. It's interesting. So James and Felix are talking and the boat's starting to fill with water. And he's like, James, just let me go. You know, we've had a great run. Just let me go. And James is emotional and whatever. Bam, lets him go. So now James is 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 ticked off because he's like, this organization that I've worked for my whole life, I've retired from. They're behind this thing. My brother's connected to it. So he's feeling all the feels. So he pays a trip back to London. He's been retired from MI6. He started working with the CIA. Y'all have to, maybe some, some of y'all have to go back and watch um, Spectre, I believe, and get some context. But long story short, I'm gonna have to hurry. I don't want this to be super long. He goes back to Spectre. He says, hey, I want in on this. What's going on? So what the technology was is the technology is the DNA. It's a DNA it's a virus-based technology where the virus, it's like, it's like a skin-based virus that gets under your skin. And it has to be programmed to you to kill you. For Based on what I read, I did some more research last night. It has to be programmed to you to kill you, but it's based on like proximity or relation, programmed to you to kill you. And, um, yeah, programmed to you to kill you. I think I'm phrasing it right. Jesus, help me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> programmed to you to kill you. So he's he's mad, and we, we've had some conversations, and I'm fast-forwarding for time's sake. Pretty much the virus, it was planned. It was James was the original target but we learned that the man at the beginning of the movie is actually the one who's the villain. So James Bond's former love interest is connected to the villain because they had the history at the beginning. So James goes to his old boss, Ray Fiends, the great Ray Fiends, and says, hey, I want a shot at Blofeld. Um, I'll help you with this mission if you give me a shot at Blofeld. But it's like Blofeld will only talk to one person, his psychotherapist. Who's his psychotherapist? The girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. So this leads to a whole awkward encounter with James and his old girl. And his old girl, and they're in the thing, and he, they have to act like they don't know each other because the new 007 is there. And she makes a joke like, does he always have this effect on, on women? And the guy's like, 50-50. Uh, you know, it's pretty funny. Sorry, another coffee break. And so we have James along with Blofeld, Christoph Waltz, the great Christoph Waltz. Y'all, this movie had so many great acting performances in it. And Christoph Waltz is, um, Christoph Waltz is like, 
you know, James is like, give me a name. Who's behind all this? And he's like, it's the girl. It's the girl you're with. And James is like, what are you talking about? Little thing before this, the psychotherapist, um, the guy, the villain of the movie, played by Rami Malek, rolled up in the psychotherapist's office saying, I have a box. And the box was the mask that he was in when he killed her mother. And so he said, I need you to do something for me. I need you to put this spray on. And the spray is the DNA infecting stuff. And he coated it to where it would kill Blofeld. Now, she put it on because she was going to agree to kill Blofeld. But when she saw James, she got nervous and said, I can't do this anymore. But James had a moment where he touched her. So in the heat of the moment, because of James's frustration with Blofeld, because he's his brother, he's caused their family a lot of pain, he hates him, he started to choke Blofeld. And because the, the microbe, the virus is programmed, if it touches you, it kills you based on if it's programmed to you. When he touches Blofeld, it, Blofeld's face starts to puff up like it, how it did with the guests in the beginning, and it kills Blofeld. So Blofeld's dead. So we think at this point in the movie, because we don't know that he's the main villain, we think that, you know, Blofeld's out of the picture, what's going on? But we learn that Rami Malek, the villain of the movie, has this whole plan for world domination. Um, he's building this poison garden. He's into poison herbs. It becomes this whole chemical warfare thing that he has. And MI6 initially developed it to be a thing where they could take out people easily. It could be un untraceable. They intended it to be a weapon to get rid of bad guys, but it's become a weapon in the hands of bad people. And so I'm going to hurry, make it short. We're at 30 minutes. I don't like talking super long. Rami Malek ends up kidnapping James Bonds, um, the love of his life, and this young girl. This young girl, we end up finding out, is actually James Bond's daughter. And she's so cute. She's so precious. And he takes them to this island. And, you know, James and the new 007, she actually ended up being so mad that James is back on the scene trying to take her case. She did. She was she's such a magnificent actress. I can't think of her name now, but she had so much honor and respect for James. She was like, you know, she asked Ray Fiend. She said permission to give um, Agent Bond his 007 title back and he said permission granted so they're working together this is the last half of the movie they're on the island and they're like man this whole island is rigged with these poisonous chemicals we just have to blow it up we just have to blow it to smithereens um you know there's no, really no way out of this and um he takes you know he takes james bond's girl he takes um james bond's daughter and there's this scene where and I'm just fast forwarding, you know, pretty much everybody's out of the way. Rami Malek lets James Bond's daughter go. Um, James Bond's girl has gotten away. Everybody's cool. You think that James Bond is going to get away because like every movie, we're so used to seeing the good guy get away. And James was talking to Q. I love Q. He's just great. James was talking to Q on the headset and James was in the control center. He was setting up the island. He was like, tell the British Army to launch the missiles now. I'm going to get off the island. James thinks he's going to get off the island. Then Rami Malek's character, still alive, shoots him. 
They're in the pool. James, James, James Bond, Daniel Craig's James Bond is ruthless. He takes the guy's arm and does like an arm bar, breaks the dude's arm, and they're both in pain together because Rami Malek's character, Soften, excuse me, let me use movie, the character name, Soften, shot him three times. He can't move. Now they're both sitting together and there's this whole dialogue where we're both the same person. Safin is like, you know, bad guys try to conjure up. We're both the same person and we've suffered the same fate and we're sitting here and we're dying together. And James Bond's like, shut up, man, I don't care. And there's this vial he has in his hand and he referenced, Safin, the bad guy, referenced the vial earlier to James Bond's girl and what we found out in the movie was James Bond's daughter, the young girl, saying, you know, this is something where I'll be able to be connected to you guys forever. And it was a portion of the virus that was coded to James Bond, because James Bond already had the virus in him, but it was coded to James Bond's baby mother and the daughter. So he hits James Bond with the virus, he smears it on him. So what happens is if James Bond were to ever touch the love of his life, the young lady and his daughter, they would die because that's how the virus works. So James Bond shoots Malik and he's like, you know, I got to get off this island. But then James remembers, if I get off this island, I'll never be able to be with my family again. Because if I touch them, you know, they'll die. Because the virus doesn't affect you, per se. It affects people that you touch. Because James already had it and he was fine. It's just people that you touch that it's coded for. So, everybody keeps asking James, are you getting off the island and... James comes to the realization that I can't get off this island. It's too far away. And even if I did, um, I won't be able to, to be with my family. So y'all, people who know me know that I cry. I'm emotional. It's cool. I did not cry, but I started to be, man, like, I know James Bond is not about to die. But, you know, he said, he said put Madeline on the phone, who is the love. is like, put Madeline on the phone. He was like you know, I love you. And she's like, but James, and she's like, you know, I know you'll do it. If anybody can get out of it, you can. And there's always time. And James like, no, there's not always time. And we see the missiles coming towards the island. And we know that James Bond, you know, didn't make it off the island and he died. But the movie, the movie's theme is so rich because I think the movie's theme really is about when you believe, when you truly believe in something, you're willing to die for it. And there were so many themes in the movie that really stuck with me. And after James, we assume, we know that James died because the, the bombs, the missiles hit the island and he was still on it and everybody had gotten out. They were all gathering back at MI6, uh, Money Penny and his boss and Q, and they were all drinking some scotch in his honor. And Rafe Fiends read a beautiful quote and he said, the purpose of man is not to exist, but to live. And I just think about that movie, how James Bond was literally willing to do anything for his family, um, willing to do anything for MI6. And I think it was the perfect ending for Daniel Craig as James Bond. He was the longest running James Bond from, from what I've read, from what I've studied, the longest running James Bond. From all the interviews I read, he was tired of being James Bond. And y'all probably like, how can you be tired of James Bond? You're making all this money, y'all. As much money as these actors make, Daniel Craig, I don't know if y'all have, have looked at it, he suffered a lot of injuries. The movie kept getting pushed back from COVID, so my man is tired. He even gets tired of people asking him about it, kind of how um, God rest his soul. 
Chadwick Boseman, when he was alive, was tired of people asking him to do the Wakanda thing. Y'all, these people just, you know, they, I'm sure they love the paycheck and what comes with it, but I'm sure they want to move on and, and do other things. But Daniel Craig has been my favorite James Bond. I feel like he has embodied the role in such a way that we haven't seen. I feel like he's added a grittiness to it. And I feel like this was a perfect ending for him. And I know some people will be disappointed that he died. But my thing is, you know, what other direction can you go in? You know, it's five movies. We found out that he finally settled down. He had a child. This is the last movie he's going to be in. And and this is what Daniel Craig wanted when he had talked with production and writing. He said, I wanted to go out this way. I'm not going to do this anymore. No more cameo appearances. So James Bond is dead, but he leaves behind the mother of his child, a beautiful child. And it, it was a beautiful movie. It was, it was about um, purpose. It was about dying for something that you believe in it, it, it was a movie that really touched me and, and really stayed with me y'all as for the movie i i don't like to give movies a 10 out of 10 so i'll give it a 9.7 out of 10 it was phenomenal i told april that i want to go back and see it again i'm going to get april into it and i'm actually going to watch the whole series with daniel craig in it from casino royale until now but it was an incredible movie it was really good for me just to get out of the house have some good self-care. I hope I did it justice. I felt like I was talking so much because y'all, it's a three-hour movie, so I had to explain the whole movie quickly in 30 minutes because I don't like doing super long podcasts. But y'all, if you've seen No Time to Die and you wanted to share some feedback, please leave me a voice message in the comments. I want to do more fun stuff like this in addition to teaching, which is part of my life, part of my vocation. I want to do more fun stuff like movie reviews, TV show reviews, just laid back stuff that I enjoy. But No Time to Die is the last Daniel Craig movie in the James Bond series. Um, it was Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. You guys can find Casino Royale through Spectre on all your streaming services like um, like uh, Apple, um, Voodoo, all those great things. So guys, check them out. Daniel Craig is phenomenal. The cast is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, so just just check it out. Y'all see some movies this weekend. Do some fun stuff. Hang out with some people you love. Listen to this podcast. Y'all, if you like the podcast, please share it. Sharing is how we get the word out. Leave a review. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts now. We love our Android people, but we know Apple is elite. We know Apple is the best of the best. So y'all, thank you. This is my No Time to Die review and have a great Friday.